Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of January 28th through February 3rd, 2013. If you missed Cisco Live London, several of the keynote and session recordings are available at uh, www.ciscolive365.com. If you don't have an account, you can create one at no charge. Cisco released the Cisco Annual Security Report 2013, highlighting global threat patterns and trends, expert analysis and recommendations, and the results of the Cisco Connected World Report. This week in the Vulnerability Risk Management category... Vulnerability activity was consistent with previous period levels. The highlight for the period was the disclosure of the Portable Software Developer Kit for universal plug-and-play protocol vulnerabilities that impacted millions of products. The vulnerability was reported in an IntelliShield alert, and Cisco released a security advisory detailing the impact to Cisco products. Additional technical details and mitigation recommendations are available in a Cisco Applied Mitigation Bulletin. Apple released iOS 6.1, which corrected 27 security vulnerabilities and included additional new features for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod iOS devices. Additional security advisories and software updates were released for OpenStack, VMware products, Novell GroupWise, and SAP NetWeaver. Mozilla announced that it will disable the loading of all third-party plugins by default in Firefox to improve performance and provide additional security in preventing web-based attacks. The user can click on plugins to load them when needed, or choose to always allow the plugins for a particular website. This is a significant security by default change in browser security measures. The option for disabling plugins is available in most browser options, but other browsers don't block plugin loading by default. RubyGems.com released a statement reporting the hosting platform had been compromised when an attacker uploaded a malicious gem to the site that exploited known vulnerabilities. The maintainers have disabled the site and reviewed the files following the compromise to ensure site integrity. In other open-source software, multiple vulnerabilities were identified in the GNU Core Utils, which is widely used and potentially impacts many products. Cisco released security notices for Cisco Unity Express cross-site scripting vulnerabilities and multiple cross-site request forgery vulnerabilities, a Cisco Carrier Routing System Small Packets Denial of Service vulnerability, and a Cisco Unified Communications Domain Manager cross-site scripting vulnerability. IntelliShield published 128 events last week, 62 new events, and 66 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the Trust Risk Management category. Three recent reports highlight the continued threat of abuse by authorized users. Minnesota Department of Natural Resources reported the firing of a manager who was accessing records. The Los Angeles County Department of Public Social Services reported an employee who was stealing client information that was used in tax fraud schemes. And an investigation of Florida reported that the Driving and Vehicle Information Database suspected abuse by Florida law enforcement officers increased 400% from 2011. 
As the government and private organizations continue to build information databases and big data environments of sensitive personal health and financial information, protecting them from attacks and unauthorized access is critical. However, organizations can't overlook the potential for abuse from insiders. Often, the most effective method for criminals to gain access to these sensitive data files is to compromise not the systems, but an employee who has authorized access to them and can abuse that access. Implementing the necessary security controls, regulatory requirements, and monitoring activity are necessary to identify and prevent not only the external attacks, but the internal abuse. And next, in the mobile risk management category, Following a review by the U.S. Library of Congress, which has oversight on the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, there are now potential fines and or jail time associated with removal of a lock to the carrier, which originally sells the smartphone. Typically, devices are sold at a subsidized price when bundled with a contractual commitment to the carrier. The locks are software measures which prevent the phone from functioning on a different carrier unless roaming on the carrier's network. Previously, unlocking devices was discouraged by the originating carriers, which otherwise had no legal resource to enforce that lock. The sales model uh, used by most wireless carriers in the U.S. is fairly unique and designed to lower the cost of entry for customers who desire a higher-end smartphone but don't wish to pay its full retail price. In effect, the difference in price is built into the monthly access fees and amortized over a two-year period. Customers who want to terminate their contract early and move to a lower-cost carrier or use the device while traveling in a different country must request that the lock be removed by the originating carrier or do so themselves through aftermarket software utilities, which are potentially malicious. Firms which allow employees to bring your own device for official business usage must carefully weigh policies which discourage corporate access from phones which haven't been officially unlocked, as those devices, and therefore the resources they access, are more susceptible to compromise. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category, the U.S. Department of Defense has approved plans for a five-fold increase in its staff of cyber specialists. The proposed expansion of the Pentagon's Cyber Command to around 5,000 employees would be apportioned into three groups, according to the New York Times, uh, quoting defense officials. The first group will focus on protecting critical domestic infrastructure. Uh, the second will protect Department of Defense information systems. And the third will be combat mission forces, uh, specializing in offensive measures against enemy networks. Details are forthcoming, so it's not clear whether existing personnel will be moved from other forces to Cyber Command or whether a major new hiring spree is in the offering. If so, Congress will want to have their say. Even as the U.S. military faces budget cuts and a drawdown in overseas deployments, particularly Afghanistan, the focus on military cyber capacity and national cyber readiness is growing. Over the past five years, global governments have begun to shift from defense-only talk to include offensive capability planning, as it becomes clear that future wars will have significant cyber components. Some, especially key government officials like Defense Secretary Leon Panetta and Department of Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano, argue that the U.S. is imminently vulnerable to paralyzing attacks. Others feel that governments are crying wolf in order to usurp public rights. For information security specialists, uh, the more pressing question may be, where will we find all these cyber specialists? Who will pay for them? 
There's already a shortage of people who can combine technical expertise with creative and analytic thinking. In the rush to prepare for a cyber 9-11, the government and private sector are likely to engage in poaching and bidding wars for the best people. Most worrisome, inexperienced, over underqualified, or untrustworthy people may end up defending critical networks or developing and deploying powerful network attack tools. One way to get ahead of the curve may be to begin recruiting and developing talent early by beefing up internship programs or promoting cyber competitions at the college or even high school level. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.